about anything but everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us to begin with in the book of Psalm, Psalm 100, beginning at verse 1. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. Then looking in the New Testament, the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 10, beginning at verse 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You've answered rightly. Do this, and you will live. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, He who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. Verses 25 to 37, Luke chapter 10. Father, thank you, Lord, for the wonderful gift of eternal life, salvation. Thank you for loving us enough so so much that you came into this world, you lived, you died, you made a way for us to be saved and to be able to spend all eternity with you. Father, Lord, thank you again for the presence of your Holy Spirit with us at this moment. Thank you for the opportunity for us to be in a new relationship with you and to be a part of your family that we know as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, set us on fire afresh of your Holy Spirit. Help us to be about your business as a life and a lifestyle. Help us to know that every day is a day to minister. Every day is a day to be an available vessel through which your spirit can reach and accomplish your will. Every day is a day to walk in compassion, love, and mercy towards a world that desperately needs to be touched by your precious love. Thank you, and we praise you in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Rick Robertson is our producer. He's going to lead us in a word of prayer at this time. Father, we rejoice that we can come before your throne today. And, Father, we recognize it's because of the, the precious blood of your Son, your Son dying on the cross for us. So we thank you for that, Father. 
We thank you, Father, for who you are, such a magnificent, wonderful God, a God who's set his affection on us. Amazing, Father. Thank you. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Rick. And thank you again for being a part of our listening family. We're blessed and honored to have with us in studio today Chris Payne, who is the founder of a ministry called Away Out Ministries. Chris, good to have you on the Hour of Intercession today. Oh, the honor is mine. Thank you for allowing me to be here. Pastor Joseph, I'm excited about what God's going to do. I just, um, there, there's this part of me as you was talking about just um, the goodness of God. And I'm, I'm reminded of a scripture real quick. Psalms 107 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story, those he redeemed from the hand of the foe, those he gathered from the lands, from the east and the west, from the north and the south. Some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty. They lived Ebed's lives, and they cried out to the Lord in their distress, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them the straight way to the city where they could settle. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind, for he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Some sat in darkness, in utter darkness, prisoners suffering in iron chains and he came and broke those chains and and pastor joseph that was me and so i'm just honored to be here to be able to tell a little bit about my story and what god's done all right well thank you again for being with us today and i'm going to ask you chris if you would before we get into you sharing your journey your testimony would you pray for listeners that that they will have ears to hear all that the lord would say to them uh i believe we're going to have many listeners who can identify with so many different things in your story as you share it, but then others who maybe they're not going down that journey, but they may have a loved one or a family member who's going through some of those struggles as well. And some may just need more insight in knowing how to minister to people who are going through certain troubles who've been sort of beat up and left on the side of the road for dead. So would you pray for God to help people have ears to hear whatever the Holy Spirit wants to say to them today? I definitely will. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you today just honored and thankful that we're able to sit here today just to bring glory to you. Lord, I pray that as we get ready to go over the airwaves, Lord, that your Holy Spirit minister to the men and women right now that need to hear what you need them to hear. God, I pray, Lord, that you just open up ears to receive things, to hear things that that they've been uh, questions that they've been asking. God, those that are listening, Lord, that may be carrying heavy burdens, Father, that think they're alone, that they're fighting this thing on their own. God, I pray, Lord, for hope to be invested into their lives through this. God, I pray, Lord, for encouragement. And God, we ask, Lord, Holy Spirit, do what only the Holy Spirit can do. Lord, we thank you and we honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, Chris, again, you have a a very unique and a very powerful testimony. And so I'm going to ask you, just dive right in, however the Lord leads you, to share uh, your testimony and the journey the Lord has brought you through. Well, once again, uh, Pastor Joseph, I appreciate this opportunity. Um, Wow, just uh, where to start? You know, I'm going to wrap this all up in in a short, brief story, but I believe I need to tell details to kind of get to where we're at today. Um, I I started, I grew up without a father. I, I grew up with just a mother and a grandmother. And so from the very beginning, I had this sense of rejection that I didn't even know I had. And so with that being said, as I was younger, I would uh, crave attention and would hang out with the older crowd. 
So that started with me hanging out with individuals and doing things that I normally wouldn't do just to get the acceptance and um, the attention that I, I sought throughout my life. And so I started using drugs for the very first time at 11 years old. And that's sad to say, and it's crazy to say, because I have a, a son that's 12 and a son that's 13. And and if anybody knows anything about this world right now, it's a whole lot worse now than it was back then. And so I started using at the age of 11. I ended up um, uh, doing that all throughout high school. Uh, I can say this, I graduated high school. I kept my mind and to focus on that. No one else in my immediate family ever graduated high school. So I, I wanted to do that. So I found myself doing that. But all throughout high school, I tell people like this when I tell my story a lot of times, I um, and I just want to be transparent and vulnerable as I'm on here as well. I said there was three things that I would never do. And there's some people probably listening right now that have had that same statement. I'm never going to do that. I know people like that. that I'm not that bad. I'm not going to get out there or anything. And so at that point, in st- uh, point I, um, three things I said I would never do. I said uh, I would well, let me back up. I'm sorry. I first started using marijuana at the age of 11. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing about right now is marijuana is a gateway drug, that it mm-hmm. opens up so many other different doors. And and it gave me a feeling that I was trying to find at that point in time. And so I started doing – and when marijuana wasn't enough for me, it went on to the next and to the next. And, to, and like I said, the three things I said I would never do, Pastor Joseph, was I would never smoke crack. I would never shoot up. And I would never steal from my family. Well, I ended up doing all three of those before I turned 18. Hmm. And you can just imagine the life that, that came after all that. And um, and so fast forward, I graduated high school. I moved out, uh, got me a place with some friends in college. And, and then at that point in time, I just got wild. I tell it like this picture right here. Let's say you have a dog or a cat that's in a cage, and it's been locked up in that cage for two or three weeks. And then the moment you let it out, it doesn't just um, slowly walk around. It runs all over the place because it finally got some freedom it wasn't used to. And the moment I moved out, I'd received this freedom. I didn't have my parents over my back or anything like that. I just ran wild. And, and of course, it just led into more one thing after another. Well, at this time, my my mom had found out um, the severity of my addiction that was going on. And so what she had done is she, uh, I got in some trouble. I had to move away. I had to move back in with my mom. And uh, I went to my very first rehab. Uh, and I tell people like this, my, I went to my first rehab because I had back problems. What does that mean? That means I had my family and the law on my back. I went to get them off my back. <laughs> and uh and so I went there and uh but I can tell you this though. Um as I went to that very first rehab, it was in Oxford. And that was at age eighteen, is it? Well no, that was at the age of twenty. Twenty, okay. Mm-hmm. I done lived out on my own for a year or two and then it was at the age of twenty. I went to my first rehab, and I say my first rehab, I, I, I go ahead and give you the ending of the story. I went to seven different rehabs in and out of jail, and that was that was my life from age 20 to 27. And so when I went to my first rehab, it was in Oxford at the Haven House, and I remember sitting in classes there, and I remember hearing other people talk, and I could relate to them. I could relate that, you know what, I do have a problem. And it was my first time in life that I ever admitted that I had a problem. 
I couldn't do these things. I was ruining my life, and I started to see the things that it was doing to my life. But here's the thing about it. I remember I turned 21 years old in that rehab, and I got on the phone with one of my best friends at the time. I said, listen, I said, what they're talking about in here is real, and I do relate to them. I do have a problem. And then at that point in time, I ended up, uh, I told them, I said, but when I get out of here, I'm not going to mess with that anymore, but we're going to go to the bowling alley and get drunk. You know, and here I was just trying to replace one thing for another. But I didn't know that at the time. And of course, after I left that rehab, I ended up, um, you know, going right back down, um, you know, thinking I could just do this. And and they got a saying, one's too many, a thousand's never enough. Well, after that first rehab, I just ended up going right back down over mm-hmm. and over. And um, and so after that, I... Um, it talks about it in the Bible. It talks about it, it always gets worse. You know, mm-hmm. a man cleaned out his house, but he didn't fill it back up. Well, I got clean and sober, but I didn't fill it up with God or anything. Mm-hmm. And then it always got worse mm-hmm. in every time. And so to fast forward from the age of 21 to 27, seven different rehabs. And a part of those seven different rehabs, this is what happened. They would always say this thing. They would say, change your people, places, and things. And so I, I, I would I would recommend that, and I would say, okay. So I would leave, and uh, when I – out of these seven rehabs, six of them, you know, I, I graduated, done done great, and but they would always say, change your people, places, and things. I remember the first rehab I got out of, I, uh, I, was, I had the mindset, I'm going to change my people, places, and things. I'm just going to go move in with my mom, and I'm going to live there with her. I'm going to make sure that I'm not hanging out with anybody. She's going to keep me accountable. Well, I did that, Joseph. I stayed there, and about two weeks in, I was bored. I was laying there living at my mom's house, 20-something years old, and I was just bored. So how did I know how to handle boredom? Same thing I've always done. Ran back, right back out, doing the same thing. So it got worse. Go back to rehab. And then when I went back to rehab, once again, change your people, places, and things. And so I decided to, after I left there. Chris, I'm going to jump in here. We're going to pick up on the other side, on the other side of the break here. Our in-studio guest today is Chris Payne. He's the founder of the ministry Away, Away Out Ministries. We'll be right back. I will learn to walk in your 
Sometimes I think of Abraham How one star he saw had been lit for me He was a stranger in this land And I am that no less than he And all this road music of Rich Mullins with Sometimes by Step. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Our in-studio guest today is Chris Payne. He's the founder of the ministry, Away Out Ministries. Uh, Chris, if someone wants to get in touch with you or learn more about Away Out Ministries, how could they do that? Yes, thank you for that opportunity. Um, my name, once again, is Chris Payne with Away Out Ministries. You can look me up on Facebook, Away Out Ministries, or email Away Out Ministry 2018 at gmail.com. Once again, that's Away Out Ministry 2018 at gmail.com. Or feel free to look myself up on Facebook, Chris Payne, uh, or my wife, Kayla Payne. And my phone number is area code 256 324 8415. Once again, that's area code 256 324 one five. All righty. Thank you then. And uh, before you get right back into your story, would you pray for people? There, there probably are many listening who they're struggling right now, whether it's addiction or any of a number of related challenges that are just major challenges in life that sometimes people are stuck in. Would you pray for them before we get back into your story? Sure will. Let's pray. Father, we come to you right now, Lord. We just acknowledge and understand, Lord, that you are our true way out. Lord, as I'm sitting here telling my story, I'm reminded of individuals in that time that when I just randomly listened to the radio and would turn to a station and I was struggling deep within and it spoke to me, God, I know that through this radio station that there'll be individuals listening, God, that's that's carrying hurt, God, that's carrying addictions, that's carrying things that nobody else knows about other than you. And so, Lord, I just pray, God, that you just stir them up, God, to be willing to want to reach out for that help, Lord, to be willing to want to take that step, Father, that uh, as they've been searching through everything else to try to fill that void up, God, I ask, Lord, that you just help them to understand and realize, Lord, that you are the the true way out. For those who feel stuck, God, that that you have already provided that way out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Okay, so if you'll just pick up your story where you left off before the break. I will. And the reason, once again, I tell uh, my information for somebody to reach out, that is the heart of the ministry of way out, Mm -hmm. is I dealt with addiction for 16 years, Joseph, and I felt stuck. You -hmm. just said the word right there, somebody may feel stuck. And I felt stuck for all that. Deep down, I wanted out. I did. But nobody ever, you know, they, they have a saying called, you got to be sick and tired of being sick and tired, and then you'll finally get help. <laughs> well, let me tell you this. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. I mm-hmm. was sick and tired of losing everything. I was sick mm-hmm. and tired of putting my family through chaos. I was sick and tired of feeling like I was no good. But honestly, I didn't have any other option. I didn't mm-hmm. know that there was a way out. And so the heart behind a way out is to shine light into dark areas, letting individuals know that there is something greater, that there is a way out, and mm-hmm. there is no nothing wrong with reaching out. Mm-hmm. What a way out does is I'm, I'm a hub, so to speak, that 
I'm not the individual that can help you. We can all point back to Christ, but I have a back pocket full of resources, not just in Mississippi, but all across the U.S., that mm-hmm. when individuals are struggling with things, I can help connect them to the right place at the right time with the right people to get mm-hmm. the help they need to help mm-hmm. find that way out. And so that just jumps back into my story as I was talking about. I went to that first well, rehab. Before you get Go back ahead. in, the, so part of what you're saying is the way out ministry is, amongst other things, it's kind of a referral ministry that when somebody comes to you, you help them see that Christ is the answer, and that answer will come many times through a ministry that's designed to help address a certain struggle that people may have. That, that is correct, and but it also determines on the individual. There, mm-hmm. There's times that, let's say someone can't go to a rehab, but they just need somebody they can talk to, somebody mm-hmm. that will understand what they're going through. Me and my wife, we're around the phone. We, we minister to people through the phone, talking to people, just however the Lord leads. And so it's not limited to just uh, having to place somebody into a rehab, but anything we can do to help individuals find that way out, whether it be walking life with them, whether it be just encouraging them, or maybe just having somebody pray with them. Mm-hmm. And uh and I'm I'm connected with individuals that have outpatient programs where they can't go inside of a like long-term in-house program. I'm connected with individuals that do free Christian counseling, and so mm-hmm. they're able to meet with people weekly or however often they want to. And so there's just many different resources, and as we grow, those resources also grow as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, so one more time before you get back into your story, if someone wants to get in touch, how can they do that? Yes, if you want to get in touch, you can uh, look myself up on Facebook, Chris Payne, or my wife, Kayla Payne. That's last name P A Y N E, first name Chris, C H R I S, or A Way Out Ministry, A Way Out Ministry, or you can feel free to call me at area code 256 324 8415. Mm. So, Chris, your 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 name carries the message. Then, so Chris, uh, referring to Christ, and uh, helps all the pains of life. So, <laughs> I like that. I mm. like that. But if you'll pick up on, with your story where you left off, please. Yes, definitely. So, just to uh, not uh, stay in that very long, but I, I want to give the foundation, the understanding. Um, as I was saying in the last segment, I went to that first rehab. I left there and started messing up again. Well, they would keep telling me, change your people, places, and things. And uh, But you got to understand, all these rehabs I went to, the first six, they were all secular-based rehabs. So, of course, mm. they didn't teach Jesus. Jesus, for them, was not the way out, so to speak. It was everything else. And so just remember that part of my story as I go into something else here shortly. And so they said, change your people, places, and things. So the next rehab I went to, I said, I'm going to do what a man does. I'm going to go and get me a job. I'm going to take care of everything, and you know, I'm going to get a family. All the the uh, desires a man should have, which is great. But you got to understand, all those desires was me, 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 I, 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 and God was nowhere in it. And so that's my thing. I'm going to go and get me a job, and I'm going to make sure that you know. I throughout my addiction, I had these if onlys. If only I had the right job, that's what would fix it. If only I would be in the right relationship, that would fix it. If only they would do this. If only that. If only all these other different things, that would be when ultimately it was if only I surrendered. <laughs> would it only fully do anything? So you hadn't received Christ at this point? I had not. I, I had not ever. I didn't go to church. Mm-hmm. So Christ in church was not an option for me. And so they said, change your people, places, and things. So I'm going to go get a job. I went and got a job, Joseph, and it was at a factory. And at this job, they're um, out of 100 people working at that factory. Guess what? 
I could draw near and dear to that one other person that was struggling and, and that had dealt with addiction. And so what do we do? We're on the same assembly line and we're talking. And I tell you this, we're not talking about the bad times. We're talking about the good times. We're reminiscing on how it was and we're relating to each other. And see, next thing you know, I start stirring that back up in me. I'm in the parking lot at lunchtime getting high again and mm-hmm. the ball starts rolling. And at this point in time, I'm carrying all this guilt and the shame and this weight throughout my life. You know, the one thing I'm trying to beat, I can't beat. And I remember my mom kicked me out, my grandmother kicked me out, and my brother finally let me move in with him. And this is part of a turning point in my life as well. He let me move in with him. He said, Chris, under the circumstance that you do not bring that stuff into my house, uh, we are not going to have that here. And I said, okay, I won't. And it was two days after Christmas, 2009, I had a... Uh, I went back to work at the job I was working at. And I remember when I left that morning, my brother told me, he said, Chris, you owe me rent money. When you get home, bring me that money. Make sure you have it. I said, okay. So the whole day I'm thinking, okay, I got to pay my brother. I got to pay my brother. And so I get off work. I get paid probably anywhere from, I don't know, three to $500. I can't even really remember. And so I'm still having that mindset. I need to pay my brother. Well, I leave work walking out into the parking lot, and lo and behold, somebody else knew I got paid. Some old running buddies pulled up, and they're like, hey, Chris, you know, hollering at me. And, of course, I can't be rude to them. I got to go over there and say, hey, no, you you don't. You need to separate yourselves (laughs) from them people. And so I walk over there talking with them, and next thing I know, I get in the car with them. Mm -hmm. And so this is about 3.34 o'clock, got paid three or four three to five hundred dollars at that time well 11 o'clock that night guess what all that money's gone Mm. my brother's rent money and everything and here i am riding with these people i said listen is there any way i can stay with y'all i don't want to go face my brother right now they Mm. said they said we would love for you to hang out but but we got to go do this we got to go do that Mm. we'll take you wherever you want to see chris i'm sorry to interrupt you though right now i think you need to pray for some people who are right there yeah somebody's listening they're right where you are in that point in your story. Would you take a moment to pray for them? I will. Father God, we just come to you, Lord, for those who are, who are feeling all alone, feeling by themselves, Lord, that, that in their mind, Lord, they are desiring to do the right thing. I'm reminded of Paul when Paul says, the things I want to do, that I find myself not doing. The things that I don't want to do, I find myself doing that. After I've told people over and over I wouldn't do it again, I find myself doing it. And Lord, I believe that there's individuals right now listening that are feeling the same way. And so, God, I just pray, Lord, that you just tug on their hearts and let them know, God, that you are with them, that you are for them. God, I pray, Lord, that you place godly people around them that's going to encourage them and that's going to shine the light in those dark areas of their life. And, Lord, that you just continue to pull them and reveal to them. God, we ask, Lord, for protection. And, God, we ask for, Lord, deliverance. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So now you're about to go face your brother then, right? Got, yep. And so they have to take me out. Of course, when the money runs out, guess what? The friends, so to speak, run out too. Mm-hmm. And so they drop me off. And I'm standing outside the, the window at my brother's apartment waiting on him to go to sleep because I don't want to face him. I go in there and I sit down on the couch where I'm living and I'm guilt and shame and condemnation and everything else fills me up. The one thing I try to beat all my life, I can't beat. So what do I do? I run to the medicine cabinet. I find a bottle of extra strength Tylenol. I come and sit back down on the couch and I pour them out and I count them. I count out 70 extra strength Tylenol and I just take them by the handfuls and I just swallow them and just swallow them. And I pray like, God, if you're there, please don't let me wake up. 
Well, then mm-hmm. next thing I know is uh, I'll wake up about the um, the next afternoon, and my brother comes in there, and the one day he decides to have a headache, he goes to try to find the Tylenol. He can't find it, sees the bottle in the trash can, puts two and two together. He realizes I've taken all those pills. Calls my mom. My mom comes there. She calls a, a poison control, and they said, you need to get him to the emergency room uh, because acetaminophen poison is the worst kind of poison, and you need to get him there now. Well, I woke up with my stomach aching, and I tried to go throw up, but I hadn't ate anything, and no telling how long, so I couldn't throw anything up. And so here I am. I take the pills 11 o'clock Friday night. My mom finally gets me into the hospital Sunday night at 11 Mm o'clock. And so they're in there. They're pushing me up to ICU, and I see. I look down the hallway. I see my mom talking to the doctor, hit her knees, and cries out. And I'm saying, Lord, what's going on? No, I asked the doctor, like, what's going on? They put me up there. They said, Chris, we hate to tell you this, but the pills have already dissolved and hit it to your liver. There's nothing we can do for you. Basically, we're going to keep you in ICU as comfortable as possible until your liver shuts down and you die. Mm-hmm. And, and so here I am. So here I am. Uh, I'm sitting there, and uh, I'm faced with that reality. Okay, I'm, let's, I'm ready to go, but I wasn't ready to go. But I, I just, you know, I didn't want to face life anymore. And so two weeks goes by, and by the grace of God, here I am today. I made it. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> it, the Lord had plans and a purpose. But I need to tell this part of the story real quick before I end on it. Is So you would think, like, okay, he made it through it, and when I leave there, okay, he's going to be doing great. No, I'll tell you this. When I left there, it got worse than ever before. Because mm-hmm. when I left there, the guilt and the shame and the condemnation that I was carrying around before high, before time mm-hmm. had now just multiplied by 100. Because the one thing I was trying to hide, now everybody knows about it. Mm-hmm. And I can't face this. And so it gets worse. And I go, to, uh, go back to rehab. And I go back to rehab. As I go back to rehab, I end up, uh, like I said, going worse than ever before, and I go back to another secular rehab, and in there, I meet a guy, and uh, and we start talking, and as we're talking, he's telling me about um, his wife that works at a hospital, and as she's working at a hospital, he said, well, no, we started talking about prayer. We started talking about prayer and, and just the power of prayer. Like I said, this is a secular program, so we're not, it's not teaching about Jesus, but we start talking about prayer, and then as we start talking about that, you know, he tells me a story, and uh, I, I'll, I'll tell you this story in just one moment. All right. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession. Our institute guest is Chris Payne, uh, the founder of Away Out Ministries. Father, we thank you for Chris. Thank you for his story and powerful testimony. And thank you, Lord, for the fact that you are the answer to every person's problems. You're the answer to all of the challenges, the difficulties, the trials of life. Help us, Lord, more and more to be vessels through which you can reach to point the world, the world that's so desperate for answers, helping them to come to know you are the answer to all of our problems. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession. We'll be right back. Presence 
Amanda Lindsay Cook with Still. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Our in-studio guest today is Chris Payne. He's the founder of the ministry, Away Out Ministries. Chris, one more time, if someone wants to get in touch with you and learn more about the ministry, or maybe they're wanting to see if you can help them to help either them or help someone that they know, how can they get in touch with you? Yes, thank you for that. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can look me up on Facebook, Chris Payne. Uh, P-A-Y-N-E, or my wife, Kayla Payne, or look up A Way Out Ministry um, on Facebook or A Way Out Ministry 2018 at gmail.com. I do want to give my number as well. Uh, My phone number is area code 256-324-8415. And why would I want to give this stuff out? Here's the thing about it. There's a lot of people that are struggling. There's a lot of people that are looking for something. And it's not that they don't want help, Joseph. They just don't know where to turn to get that help sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so with that being said, A Way Out is a hub to help individuals find the resources they need, uh, not just with addiction, but whatever life struggles that they face. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, and you know, uh, someone that I know immediately comes to my mind who I need to connect with you because, again, the fact is there are so many struggles that people are stuck with, stuck in in our world world and in our culture. So, But if you'll pick up where you left off, you were at a, a rehab place where you said it wasn't a Christian rehab, but the, you got to talking about prayer. Yes, and speaking of prayer, I feel led to pray right now for those who feel stuck and uh and just want to reach out, but they don't know what to do, and, and they just stay in there. So let's pray. Father God, I just pray for that individual right now, Lord, God, that your Holy Spirit is drawing and tugging to. Lord, they feel like they're stuck, and, and Lord, deep down, they have said, I want help. I'm ready to for help, but they know nowhere to turn. God, I ask, Lord, that you give them courage and boldness to reach out, to receive the help that you have for them. And so, God, I ask, Lord, that you just divinely, Lord, um, meet them right where they're at or to show them there's a way out in jesus name we pray amen amen so going back to my story like i said i just uh, tried to commit suicide took 70 extra strength tylenol ended up in the hospital got out 
kept messing up. And so I'm back at this rehab, and uh, the individual says, hey, Chris, I need to tell you a story. I said, okay. We started talking about prayer. He said, he said, my, work, my wife works at the hospital, and she is the nurse in the ICU, and she's the one that takes all the fluids into the individuals, to uh, that, the patients. And I said, okay, I'm listening. And he said, and there was actually an individual that came in there that had taken a whole bunch of pills, and the doctors had told my wife that he wasn't going to make it. I said, okay, I'm listening. And you know what my wife did, Chris? I said, what'd your wife do? He said, she, she decided to gather all the uh, doctors together and pray over that bag of fluids. And he said, Chris, you know what happened? I said, what happened? He, they prayed over that bag of fluids. They took that bag of fluids to that guy, and guess what? That guy made it, and he was mm. so pumped up about it. And I told him, I said, Mike, guess what? I said, I am that guy. <laughs> and the beautiful thing about that is, is when I wasn't believing in myself, when I was ready to give up, when I seen no good in me, there was somebody else that was standing in the gap that was mm. praying for me. So mamas, I, I speak right now. Keep praying for them. I say, fathers, keep praying for them. Those that you know that's in addiction right Thank now or you. struggling, you continue to stand in the gap for them because when they don't believe it in themselves, it wasn't until somebody seen something good in me that I started seeing good in, in myself. And so you continue to bombard heaven with their name. And so that just showed me how God had a plan from the very beginning. Hallelujah. And so just fast forward to wrap this thing up, you know, I, uh, of course, uh, it's, I still didn't get it that time, you mm-hmm. know, back in and out of rehabs again. So six different rehabs. And then Here's the here's the beautiful part we, of it. We serve a determined heavenly Father. Yes, we do. Hallelujah. Yes, we do. And and, and he he pursues us. I, I'm I'm reminded of Psalms 139 that he says there's no place I can go that's not <laughs> that I'm not with him that I can mm. go to the high and I could ask darkness to hide me and guess what his light still shines right there and <laughs> and when he was calling me when he was calling me he didn't call me as the crackhead he seen me but he called me as the mighty warrior that he's calling me to be and Hallelujah. I need to tell somebody this right now too Ephesians 3:20 says this now him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than you could ever ask think or even imagine how you're imagining life with Christ right now I need to blow you away and just let you know this it's nothing like you can fathom if you was to tell me a year ago two years ten years ago I'd be where I am right now I would have called you a liar and wouldn't have believed it but God he desires Mm. to do more than Uh, you can imagine in your life if we'll give him that chance and so here I am Joseph on March 4th on March 4th 2013 I'm back at my mom's house. She let me move in. I get two phone calls that morning. The first phone call was my boss man that I was working with. And he said, Chris, I know you stole my pills. Come turn yourself in or I'm calling the law. And of course, at this point in time, I'm denying it and not doing it. So I hang up the phone and of course, paranoia comes over me wondering. And then I get another phone call. It's my mom. And she said, Chris, today's the day when I get off work out of my house. I don't care where you go. I don't care what you do, but I'm not putting up with it no more. You get out of my house. And I tell you this, it hurt at the time, but I thank God for a mother that showed tough love because when my mama kept pulling me out, guess who I didn't turn to? I didn't turn to Lord above. And so so my mama had to stand in the gap and show me some of that tough love. And so I was at that place now wanting to just end it again. And then I I reached out to a friend of mine named Dodie Fell. And she uh, she works here in Tupelo, and she's the one that would help individuals get into rehabs. And she helped me get into all these rehabs before. And I called her telling her what was going on, and she said, Chris, you need to do something different. I said, well, that's what everybody keeps telling me all my life. What is that? And she said, 
And not knowing me, not knowing what she was doing at the time, but the Lord, see, the Lord uses other people. See, mm-hmm. he's, he's persistent and he's personal with mm-hmm. us. She told me, she said, Chris, you've tried every rehab around here, every secular rehab. You need to try a faith-based program. In mm-hmm. other words, you want me to tell you what she was doing? She said, you need to try Jesus. Mm-hmm. You've tried everything else. <laughs> and see, all my life, Jesus was never an option. Hallelujah. Here's the thing about it. 16 years of addiction, guess what, Joseph? Nobody sat down to tell me that Jesus was the way out. So mm. he was never an option for me to turn to. Everything mm. else, this worldly stuff was the things to help me get out of. And it never worked. It kept leaving me empty worse every time. Mm-hmm. And that's why my heart is to let individuals know that there's a way out. And so so I remember getting on the phone calling a place called the Russellville Dream Center, which is a great place. I'd love to connect people there that's looking for help. Russellville Dream Center in Russellville, Alabama. And uh and then as I as I was there, they um I remember I called them and I called them that that day. It's about three thirty. I told them what was going on and they called me back and they said, Yes, we got a bed. I said, Okay, when do I need to be there? And they said, Uh, today at six thirty. I said, Whoa, hold up now. Today it's I can't I can't come today. I need to do this and this and all these other different things. And they told me, Joseph, they said, No, if you want help, you come today. And I tell you, I thank God for it today because if I would have waited till tomorrow, tomorrow mm. couldn't have came. No mm. telling what could have happened. That's why the Lord says today is the day of salvation because mm. tomorrow's not promised. We don't know what's to take place the next day. And I thank God I went there that day because to be honest with you, I didn't wake up that morning. And somebody needs to hear this. I didn't wake up that morning deciding to go to rehab. I woke up that morning wanting to get high, but I didn't have any money. And the consequences pushed me away from there. And so I went. My mom dropped me off, told them. He said, she said, if he decides to leave, he can walk the streets. I'm not, I'm not helping him or anything. And so little did I know, y'all, as I was running from all my consequences, I was running to a father ready to take me in the whole time. He was just sitting there waiting. So I went to the Russellville Dream Center. And it was on March, I went in March 4, 2013, and it was on March 10th, 2013, that I surrendered my life to Christ. And I, and I tell people like this, I said, it wasn't Jesus himself sitting beside me with long hair and all these things. It was when it happened, Joseph, I seen it in somebody else. Mm-hmm. And when I seen it in somebody else, I said, I want what they've got. You've mm-hmm. got to understand, they had a passion, a purpose, an acceptance, a love that I had been seeking all my life and couldn't find it. I tried it, everything else, when when finally it was right there and I seen it. And what that caused me to do, not to chase the man, but chase the God of the man. And I'll mm-hmm. end on this right here because I'll, uh, I'll let you uh, say what you need to say. Here's the thing about it. And see, with a way out, we try to help. There's people that are searching. Mm-hmm. And they're searching in all the wrong places. And, and, and Jesus Christ is a true way out. I give these tracks out. The Lord laid on my heart to make tracks. I give these out. I leave mm-hmm. them at restaurants and, and things like that. Well, I had somebody email me and say this right here. I said, hey, Chris, and I'm not going to say their name for confidentiality. Hey, Chris, my name is, She said. they said, it's a weird coincidence that I'm wearing your bracelet. I shouldn't have found it, but by chance, really odd, I did. Normally, I wouldn't ever even take something like that. Or even crazier, I'd egotistically tell myself, I'll leave that for someone who needs it more. Huh? How easily we can lie to ourselves, huh? But man, did I need a way out today. And for a long time now, I'm real tired. I almost didn't write you, but I think I might be turning down a direct response to something I've been asking for if I didn't reach out. Somebody needs to reach out that's listening to this. And maybe I can connect with you or Kayla on something. And then this right here. I don't really know where to start, but I know I'm really searching for something. 
And that's the thing. We're all searching, and it's only through Christ. Mm-hmm. One more time, if someone wants to get in touch with you or reach the ministry, how they can how can they do it? Yes, you can look me up personally on Facebook, Chris Payne, uh, P-A-Y-N-E, or my wife, Kayla Payne, or look up A Way Out Ministry, and or reach me out on my phone number, area code 256-324-8415. Once again, that's 256 324 8415. And if you call and I don't answer, leave a message or send a text message, and I'd be more than happy to get with you. Amen. Amen. And, and one more reminder that your your name carries the message. Christ is the answer to all of our pain and struggles. Amen. Amen. Well, if you're listening today and you have never made the all-important step of receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is a good day to get saved. As you As you listen to Chris's story, many of you who are listening know that you're in possibly almost the exact place he was at different points in times in his story and on his journey. If you recognize that you need Jesus today, would you simply pray this prayer and commit your heart into the life with us even now? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so, so much. That You came into this world a long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for all my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess I've sinned. I've sinned and done wrong in many, many ways. Lord, by faith, I repent and I turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. You told us in your word, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Today, Lord, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to follow you all my life. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. And I now now declare I'm a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we very much would like to be in touch with you. We'd like to share with you some resources that are going to help you to begin to grow and grow strong and be vibrant in your new walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. My email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. Please email us and let us know that you made that step and we want to be in touch with you. Chris, again, thank you so much for being with us. Um, being and sharing that powerful testimony that you shared. Once again, if someone wants to get in touch with you and Away Out Ministries, how can they do that? Look me up, Chris Payne, P-A-Y-N-E, on Facebook, Away Out Ministry, or phone number 256-324-8415. If you need to talk to Chris, please make that phone call. Please make that contact because God can use you to, well, he can bless you and or use you to help someone else as well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us here on American Family Radio. Please pray much for Chris and Away Out Ministries. Be blessed.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.